This episode is sponsored by the Financial Due Diligence Framework Course. If you're doing any type of financial analysis and participate in M&A, strategy, or turnaround projects, you absolutely need to check out this course. By completing this comprehensive video course, you'll be strongly armed to analyze the P&L of any company and to be able to provide actionable, insightful reports. This course teaches you how to properly understand the methodology of how to conduct thorough financial analysis and what is important in financial due diligence. If you're looking for a career in transaction services in one of the big four, in a transaction services boutique, or to be a better private equity professional or M&A associate, you'll get a solid foundation to land your next job. And as a special offer, if you use the code SASDistrict, you'll get $100 off the entire course made specifically for our listeners. So if you're interested, go check out horizoncapital.com slash learn due diligence. So then moving into, we're starting here, you know, second part of the episode where we'll be talking about the reasons why startups fail, you know, lessons learned and you, you as a 500 startup mentor. So just, you know, quick kind of couple, you know, minute background in yourself. What's your past position, past ventures? You, know, you worked at Kissmetrics, UTM now, and then, uh, you know, up until, you know, you know, starting Maga.io, you said, which was kind of an accident in the, in the making. Yeah, no, you know, I've been in the game for a long time. So, I mean, I started, I got a, I have, I've been at this for over 20 years. So I got my start back in 1998, sending mass email since before there was even really mass email, right? Like MailChimp wasn't even around yet. Um, so I've just been doing this for a long time. Um, my first company was one of the first online booking agencies uh, back in 1998, which would help um, artists get bookings at clubs, uh, raves, anything like that. I worked with artists like Darude, who was uh, the guy who made the song Sandstorm. I worked with Kiyoki, first uh, EDM artist to sell a million albums in the United States. And we're talking, this is a very long time ago. Um, mm-hmm. But I managed over 160 different artists and their bookings through our platform. Um, so I've just been at this for a really long time. Um, that business ultimately failed um, in about 2003. Um, and, you know, ultimately it was doing really good. I just wanted to get out of the club scene and stuff like that. Had a couple things that I didn't like about it. So um, did that. But I've been a serial entrepreneur for a long time. So I started a few ventures in between then, that and there. Um, I ended up getting recruited at uh, codeschool.com to be their head of growth. Uh, which was super, super fun, helped turn them into a rocket ship. And then it was funny enough that um, when I was at Code School, Kiss Metrics was our analytics tool. Um, and I actually was firing Kiss Metrics as our vendor and we were moving to Mixpanel. And as part of that, Kiss Metrics like, did everything in their power to save us. And they met me. Well, I don't know how I turned uh, firing Kiss Metrics from Code School into Kiss Metrics then recruiting me to become their new head of marketing, <laughs> but somehow that happened. So, roughly, I would say roughly nine months after we fired Kiss Metrics and moved to Mixpanel, uh, Kiss Metrics, uh, I told them no multiple times, but they finally swooned me into uh, joining the team at Kiss Metrics. Uh, which was a, a ton of fun. I mean, working directly for Neil Patel and then ultimately replacing Neil Patel at one of his own companies was, um, you know, I don't want to say it was a dream come true because that my, my childhood dream was to be a CEO, um, mm. but it was definitely a life-changing opportunity. 
When I left Kissmetrics, though, I, I was already running another one of my companies. It was called Fuelsy. It was a venture-backed startup. Um, and that company was doing okay. My VCs didn't pay me much money so uh, in investment. So I had to do consulting to make up for Christmas presents for my wife. And that consulting uh, spun out of control uh, in its first six weeks. And um, that's what became um, Magal.io. We used to be called F and Amazing, which was the original name. Hmm. Um, and seven years later, I mean... Um, we're, we're here, we're 20 employees uh, doing some fun stuff. We're a super, I mean, we're a boutique agency that's focused on growing our business. I mean, we had 50% revenue growth in 2020. We had 100%, we're going to have 100% revenue growth in 2021. Uh, and we're looking to maintain those numbers for quite some time. Um, but we're not like some of our competitors who are really big and really lame and their services mm. are a lot different. Ours is really, really high-end services. I mean, we sell to companies like Eventbrite, Maserati, King's Hawaiian Bread, uh, Hydro, Rowers. Um, but we also have small companies like Real Thread and stuff like that. But um, now I focus most of my time, half of my time is on UTM.io. Half of my time is at Magal.io. Um, UTM is our SaaS product. That was an internal thing that we made for ourselves uh, six years ago. And then four years ago, we spun it out as its own business. Um, and that, that company's doing good. It's got three full-time employees on it as well. So, uh, And that brand, we're really, really trying to scale out right now. Very cool. Yeah, Neil's a, a great leader in the marketing space. We've had him on the podcast a couple of times if uh, people want to check that out. Uh, you know, and, and yourself, Dan, you know, being the head of marketing, then CEO, and then also a mentor, you know, all these kind of responsibilities, it has to be obviously quite demanding. How do you measure your own leadership success within, you know, within your own team? Mm. Man, great one. Um, so, you know, right now I measure my leadership success based upon employee retention. So are we creating a culture and an environment where people are excited to stay? Um, so by far, I would definitely say employee retention is probably like the biggest meter stick that I uh, track my success on as a, as a CEO. Um, I also focus myself heavily on our net profits. Um, so making sure that I understand what our net profits are. Um, so making sure that we can run a successful and profitable business. Um, those would be the main ones that I, I mean, I look at the most. Naturally, we're always looking at general profit and stuff like that. But um, yeah. and tons of business metrics. I don't get too, you know, a lot of companies would get super, super focused on like, oh, we've got to have these lead goals and all that stuff. In our business model, like lead amount doesn't matter. Opportunity amount. I mean, we're, we're under so much demand and pressure that like, um, we, that's not a metric that we stare at all day long. It's more about, are we running profitable deals? So if we close a $25,000 project, is that project profitable after we are complete with it? Uh, and going back to one of the things I said earlier with time tracking, um, that's where I, I talk about net profit. Um, and we also use an internal metric called labor efficiency ratio, uh, which is known as LER. Um, we try to have a three LER in all, all um, projects and as well as all um, individuals that are working here. Um, mm -hmm. So those would be the main ones. Net profit, LER, employee retention. Those are the things that I gauge myself on the most. Nice. And then, you, you know, as an entrepreneur ambassador, as well as a 500 startups mentor, uh, you probably see, you know, all, all sides of, you know, the, between successful, unsuccessful SaaS companies. Would you, would you say there are any, you know, common traits or indicators of what you see uh, leads to, you know, startup being successful? Mm, yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of different there's a lot of different factors that go into it. I mean, um, having the ability to fail, I definitely going back to one of the things I said earlier, like uh, knowing that you're going to suck at this, and this is a long term game. I think is definitely something that's really really important because, you know, when you're a startup CEO or you're a startup founder at the end of the day, right, your job sucks, right? Like your job is to not quit. Um, and I think if people can really 
understand that and going into it, understanding this is going to be difficult, uh, they can wind up being much more successful since they're able to to fail more. They're able to be humble about their failures. They're able to learn from their failures. Uh, is going to be one of the big ones. Um, you know, companies that we see that talk to their customers a lot on mm-hmm. on Zoom calls, preferably with video on, we see those companies tend to be more successful um, because they're collecting feedback from their customers. They're building things for their customers. If you listen to the book, uh, The Lean Startup, which uh, is by Eric Reese, I think that's really, really good. If you do some research on who Steve Blank is, who like really created whatever Eric Reese kind of wrote about. Steve Blank uh, has a lot of uh, stuff around customer development. How do you build uh, a a business? Um, I think people who follow his methodologies tend to have more successful businesses. And it's all about talking to your customers, not giving your customers solutions, but letting your customers tell you what their problem is. And then also tell you what they think the solution is. Doesn't mean you have to build what they tell you. Um, But you definitely need to build stuff around that. Um, Those are typically the companies that I see be the most successful. Love it. Dan, what's one piece of advice you wish you had known and say it would tell your 25-year-old self if you can go back in time? Shut the fuck up. That would be the first <laughs> thing that I would tell myself. Shut the fuck up. Stop talking. Start listening. You know, it's hard because like... Um, Naturally, I'm a talker uh, in general. Like, I, I have no problem. I'm, I'm really an introvert, right? Most people don't ex- expect that from me. Like, you put me in a crowd of like 20 people, I just, I won't say a thing, um, mm-hmm. uh, which is super, super fascinating. But if you get me one on one, I will talk and stuff like that. And, you know, I think in my younger years, uh, for sure, I talked less and, or I talked more and I should have listened more. Um, so, the biggest thing I would tell myself was to shut up, uh, listen more, um, be more empathetic. Uh, to what's going on around you. Um, I don't know if you know what the disc profile is, but like on the disc scale, I'm all D, right? Like I just, Mm -hmm. I care about results. I lack empathy. Um, I'm focused on like, we're going that way. I don't care what it takes to get there. Let's get there. Um, Super motivated. But, you know, I wish I would have been more empathetic. I would have listened more. I would have been more patient uh, when I was 25 than I am now. (laughs) Sound like my doppelganger. Then, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's most it's most CEOs sure. and entrepreneurs are very similar to that. So that's true. Something you got to work on, definitely. Um, what are some of the biggest challenges you're currently facing, and in, to- in order to continue to grow, you know, Bagad.io or .UTM? Meaning, you know, what what's keeping you up at night these days? Oh man, human capital, human capital, human capital, human capital. Um, you know, hiring is one of the hardest things that you're ever going to do as a business, especially when you're in a consulting business like us. You know, mm-hmm. hiring for SaaS is much easier because you're doing a repetitive action where there's more black and white. But in my business with, uh, so at UTM.io, it's much easier to hire because like, hey, you have these skills, do this repeatable process for the most part. Yes, there's some thinking, don't get me wrong, but uh, it's much, much easier. When you're in a services business and an agency consulting company like us, it is much, much, much harder to hire, uh, especially when you're a a high-end consultant like us. We're not like your stereotypical agency, right? That's running PPC or SEO. And don't get me wrong, those things are still hard. Not saying that they're they're easy by any means. But our specialty is the, um, the broad stack. So like we have to think about 65, 70 different tools and how do we architect those together? So Mm. finding a solutions consultant or a solutions architect that has that broad experience also wants to uh, work with clients and be a consultant is really difficult. So, you know, recruiting is one of my largest expenses. Um, Culture is one of my largest expenses. Employee retention is one of my uh, largest expenses. So, you know, what keeps me up at night uh, every single day is... um, how do we hire faster? Um, how do we train faster? Um, how do we retain more? 
Um, because this is not the right environment. I will be very, very transparent. So if anybody who's listening who wants to get a job, uh, one, Magal.io is hiring for everything. Um, mm-hmm. We are sold out as an agency for the next three months because we can't hire any faster. Uh, <laughs> and we just had something hit land on our plate, which means that we're sold out for the rest of 2022. Um, so like, we need to hire like crazy. The difference about working here compared to about working somewhere else, uh, we always use the analogy for people. is like, you probably saw your buddy play baseball in high school, but he didn't make it to college or he didn't make it to the minor leagues and he definitely didn't make it to the pros. He never made it to the major league baseball field. Um, Working here is like making it to the major league baseball field. Um, You really Mm -hmm. have to be at the top of your game and you really have to want to get the honest truth and feedback about your work. Um, You're not going to get a feedback sandwich on a major league baseball field, right? When you, when Mm -hmm. you don't run to first and you're out, you think your coach is like, good try. We'll get it next time. No, they're, they're probably frustrated with you. And so are the 5,000 fans that are right next to first base. So you're going to hear about it. Um, it's very similar to like that in consulting when you're working on high profile projects is you make a mistake, the client's going to tell you, so is their entire team and they're going to treat you differently. Um, it can be really, really easy to be, um, chastised by a client. Like they have no problem telling when you make a $5 million mistake, they're going to tell you. Um, so mm-hmm. it's just, it's definitely a different breed here. So human capital is my number one problem. Uh, and it always will be, uh, that's your number one problem in a service-based business. Yeah, it sounds like a good problem you're, you're facing anyways. But yeah, if anybody's listening and, and looking for that next position, check out Mega.io and see if you can step up to the plate uh, of the big leagues. Um, <laughs> Dan, you mentioned you know a couple of uh, resources in terms of applications or software. Um, can you share any, maybe who or what are some of the best three resources that can be books, can be people, mentors, or people you follow who you'd say have been the most instrumental to your success over these last few years? Yeah, really uh, fantastic question. You know, I read a lot. I read 42 books in 2020. Uh, unfortunately, in 2021, I've only read, I think, 14 so far, but I've got to get back to it. You know, one of the, the, the one of my favorite books that's really kind of changed my perspective on entrepreneurship and as well as how to run a successful company was uh, the book Principles by Ray Dalio. Um, yeah. We agree heavily in regards to a lot of our methodologies on uh, human capital, understanding the brain, understanding psychology, uh, and just really building something different. Um, so I think Principles was a, an amazing book for me to read. Um, Ego is the Enemy is another really good one from Ryan Holiday. I'm a big fan of Ryan Holiday. He's done some really good books. Um, I think Stillness, his other book, Stillness is the Key, was also a really, really good book to help me as the CEO. Uh, Stillness is the as the key was great. And the last one that I'll just, uh, you know, and I, I consider these uh, two separate books, obviously, but I kind of bulk them together because they have similar stories and trajectories. Um, Built in America, by, uh, by, which is the story of Sam Walton, the guy that started Walmart. And then the Everything Store, which is the story about Jeff Bezos. Um, and Jeff Bezos is a Sam Walton clone, if you don't know anything about it. I mean, he definitely read the book Built in America and then tried to build Amazon around a lot of the principles. So, you know, those are some of the books that have really shaped my thinking over the past couple of years. Um, But, you know, I mean, when you read 42 books in a year, right? Like, um, Mm. there's a lot of... I read a lot of really, really good books. I also read a lot of shitty books as well. I mean, I could Mm. rattle off 15 books that like I'm absolutely in love with. So... I think Principles and and, uh, Ryan Holiday, two fantastic books. Yeah, highly recommended. Um, Yeah. Dan, what does success mean to you today? Whether that's personally, business, financially, life? There's no right answer. 
Yeah, you know, success to me today is actually trying to maximize my ability to not do work um, and to um, do less hand-to-hand combat, as I would call it, uh, in our companies and defer as much to my my team as I can. Um, and success would be spending more time um, with my my team just on more of a, as we would say, a, a banter, right? Not, not talking about clients, but just getting to know them, uh, talking with them, hanging out, having fun with them, and then focusing more time on my family. Um, naturally, you want to build assets which can create wealth for you. Um, and that's, of course, what I, I'm most focused on. Um, you know, I have to say, I, from my childhood dream uh, to where I'm at now, I'm a success. Um, I wanted yeah. to be a CEO. I remember, I mean, I was maybe 10 years old. I remember having this thought of, you know, I don't want to, I know what CEOs do. I want to be a CEO. And, you know, all they do is meetings all day long and make decisions. They don't actually do the work. They just do meetings, hear about the stuff mm-hmm. and then make decisions on it. And that was my dream, right? Um, and that came true. So like, you know, um, to me, I am a success. Um, it's just now more about um, how do I spend more time with the people that matter most? These relationships that you have with your family are going to be most important. So I love spending time with my family. Okay, so you're actually living your dream now and, and following through since your childhood. That's awesome. I say, I say it every day. I'm living my, I'm living my dream. I've got nothing to complain about. Um, <laughs> I've got three, uh, three amazing children. I've got an amazing wife. I've got uh, two successful companies. I, I've, you know, I, I have first class problems, as I tell people. Um, yeah, I, don't have, I don't have first world problems. I mean, uh, I have first class problems. I'm, I'm complaining that it took too long for the stewardess to bring me another beer in first class, right? That's not shit to complain about. <laughs> That's, That's true. pathetic. That's true. <laughs> Awesome. This has been fantastic, Dan. I appreciate you and, and you know, wish you all the best in, in your journey and everything you're working on. Um, you know, where, where can founders you know, get in touch with you or marketers, learn more about you and, and kind of your ventures if you want to say hi? Yeah, go check out maga.io. So our website definitely has a lot of educational content, which will be really helpful to people. But if you really want to get in contact with me, the best place to go is LinkedIn. Uh, I'm most active on LinkedIn. Just look up Dan Maga. There's a few of us, but you'll be able to find me. Um, so it says that we're hiring major league professionals on my profile. So you'll be able to figure it out. And I'm happy to answer any questions you have over LinkedIn. And I hope you get a free copy of my book because uh, it won't last for long. Awesome. But we'll add that, uh, that, that text number for people to reach out to you and, and get their copy. Thank you, Dan. Very, very appreciate uh, you jumping on today. Uh, it was great chatting with you. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Thank you all for listening in to this episode and joining SAS District today. Don't forget to leave a review and subscribe for future episodes where we interview top leaders in the SaaS industry. If you're a SaaS company looking to grow and unlock the true value of your business, get in touch with us at horizoncapital.com. And myself or one of our consultants will provide a free assessment to help you get there and hit your goals. If you have any feedback or suggestions for this podcast, please DM us on Instagram or LinkedIn at Horizon Capital and help us improve our content for you all. Thanks again and hope to see you on the next one.